And there were a lot of um, gaps that we found um, in the service and so many different things. And naturally, I am more like a process improver. I like to improve processes. Like I'm not the guy who's going to reinvent the wheel or invent this uh, awesome new thing, right? I'm more like I look at what's there right now and I try to improve it as much as I can. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. Hey guys, welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Uh, today, we're going international again. We're going all the way to the frozen tundra of Toronto. That's not super far, but it is international if you're here in the United States. Uh, guys, today, uh, Ter- Tarek Hossein, is that, is that, am I saying your name correctly? You got it. Awesome. Awesome. All the way from Toronto. Tarek, how are you doing? I'm good, PJ. How are you? Good, good, great, man. Doing, doing really well. Hey, so you're in the, uh, we kind of talked about your business a little bit, kind of before we hit record here. Uh, Maybe let everybody know who you are and kind of how you got, how you got to this point where we're at right now. Okay, perfect. So um, I co-founded with my friend, uh, a moving and storage business called Double Space. And um, essentially we have to go uh, a little ways back if uh, to talk about my entrepreneurial journey and things Absolutely. like that. So, you know, just to make a very long story short, uh, essentially, I started a staffing business in 2006. And at that time, I was about three years out of school. I was working in a company and I was doing okay. But the thing is that I, I knew that this is not something that I wanted to do. I wanted to actually run my own business and have full control about the things that I was doing, right? So uh, ran that staffing business, had zero experience, obviously, in that field, never started a business before. Uh, but um, after uh, almost eight years, we had nine employees and uh, we did pretty good, I, I want to say. And at that time in 2013, I took an exit uh, from the business. So we sold it out. And once the business was sold, um, I needed different things to do. So uh, basically, you know, started uh, several different uh, smaller practices and things like that. But um, Double Space, uh, the moving and storage business, we started that in 2020. So it's been two years um, right now. And um, essentially what we do is we do your regular moves, point A to point B. And we also work with real estate agents. So essentially what we do is that when a house needs to be staged, we go in, we pick up the items, we do short-term storage. And once the house is sold, that's when we drop it off. So it's like a seamless process where we do end-to-end all of it. Wow. That's a a lot. Let's let's unpack that. So um, why, why moving in storage? What... So you went from not moving into storage, nothing real estate related, all of a mm-hmm. sudden now to, you know, moving people, staging homes, all this other, all this other stuff. Why? What, what, what prompted you to do that? That's an excellent question. Actually, um, neither of us, my partner, nor myself, we had any exposure to this kind of a business, right? Uh, but we moved ourselves, you know, a few times over the years, right? 
And there were a lot of um, gaps that we found um, in the service and so many different things. And naturally, I am more like a process improver. I like to improve processes. Like I'm not the guy who's going to reinvent the wheel or invent this uh, awesome new thing, right? I'm more like I look at what's there right now and I try to improve it as much as I can. That's that's just uh, like a natural inclination to do that, right? So having seen that, um, unfortunately, there are a lot of moving scams because it's a very large city. And with any large uh, city, you will find that uh, there are these kind of scams and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, and especially with smaller movers, I'm not talking about the larger ones. I'm talking about the smaller and the mid-sized moving companies, right? So essentially what we wanted to do was bring some transparency into the whole process and bring a level of professionalism in the service as well. And there are various different things that we did and the other thing which we found was that um, working with real estate agents, we found that there was definitely a gap in the service that they were being offered, which means that when you actually go pick up uh, the items of the present homeowner, the movers weren't necessarily paying as much attention. They didn't have proper storage or you know, they didn't have a proper inventory system where they could actually, you know, have everything ready to go once the house was sold. So sometimes items would come back damaged. Mm. Sometimes items won't come back at all. So the thing is that those are some of the feedback that we got on an informal basis from some of the real estate agents that we knew. And once we spoke to a few more, we found that the problem was more widespread than we thought. So therefore, we thought that, you know what, this is something that um, we can definitely add some value in. And um, basically, we got started. Yeah, Yeah. so this is a good lesson for anyone to learn. Um, So Tarek saw a problem in the community, right? There was a problem, Mm -hmm. there was an issue. um, And just like any good entrepreneur, Tarek said, okay, I'm going to fix it. And he made a company that was going to fix this problem. How do you do that, though? Do you start hiring movers? Do you, um, is this a brick and mortar business? Is this all online? What, what does a double space look like? Okay. A um, lot of very interesting points, right? And um, I'm going to try and sort of unpack each of those um, as I can. So first of all, we are not a brick and mortar business which means that we don't actually have a physical location. We don't sell boxes. We don't sell any of the moving supplies or anything like that. So someone couldn't actually physically come in to our location in order to buy those things or to get storage for that matter. So we don't work like a traditional self-storage because a traditional self-storage has a physical unit where the owner has access. With us, what we have is a large warehouse. So we basically keep the items there and basically no one has access to it while it's being stored. So it's basically pick up storage and drop off just, you know, just in one shot, right? So that's one of the things. The other thing is that you can basically, um, you know, go to our website, which is doublespace.ca, fill out a form, we'll get in touch with you and basically 
you don't actually have to physically come in to book a moving service. We can do all of that through email or phone, whichever you prefer, right? But one of the things I think we had to also pivot away from, and um, this will be also very um, interesting, is that we figured that the entire end-to-end thing could have been done online, which means that we would need realtors or their assistants or stagers to go in, pick all the items. We're gonna go in and just pick it up, store it and drop it off. So there were no need to get in touch on the phone or anything like that. But (laughs) when we started, basically what we found out was that realtors or their assistants didn't necessarily wanna do this. Because a lot of the times the stager had the list of items which would need to be moved or the owner had it. So you need a lot of collaboration between the stager, the owner, the, you know, the mover and uh, the realtor, their uh, assistant, et cetera. There's just too many people here. So the thing is that they didn't necessarily want to take on an additional headache. They they were going to pay for it. No problem but they didn't want to go through this whole process of going online, selecting all these items and doing those kind of things. So we had to actually scale back our online system and make it slightly more manual where we would actually get involved in sort of like a group email between all these stakeholders and make sure that we're giving them the right information and sort of booking the job right then and there. Right. I got you. So I, I think the market wasn't necessarily ready for that. At least that was our experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why, although our system does exist in the back end, but on the front end, we have made it less uh, of, uh, you know, it's not as uh, functional, if you will. So it's more like filling out a form and we, and us getting in touch with them. Okay. So, <clears throat> sorry, you, um, you're basically uh, making things simple for everybody, right? You're, you're adding simplicity to moving, mm-hmm. to staging a house. Um, so everything is easily done online. Nobody wants to go into an office anymore, meet mm-hmm. you, talk about their moving. Uh, nobody wants to do that anymore. It's, no it's one has so the time for that either. And fill out a form real quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and no one has the time for that either. It's, um, and the thing is that in, in Toronto, specifically GTA where we operate, you know, houses sell really fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, currently the market is kind of slow, but uh, I'm talking about, you know, the pandemic and then uh, last year, like houses would be on the market for about a week or less than that. So people don't have the time. They, they need the furniture to be out of there so that they can either paint it and then you will have the stager come in and stage it. In the meantime, the cleaners would come in, clean the whole place. So the thing is that a lot of things need to happen in sequence and nothing happens till the furniture is out of there. Yeah. So we are sort of the first cog, if you will, in that whole chain of events. So the thing is that we need to be efficient and available in order to ensure that that process can take place. Okay. Okay, so how, what's the next step then for you guys? What's the next step for Double Space? I think the next step would be that uh, we do have plans on expanding our service to other cities because currently we are able to handle the GTA. But the thing is that going into the future, 
sure, we would like to have more coverage across the province. That would be number one. Number two would be actually self-storage facilities. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have like the traditional self-storage facilities right now. So this is actually a good business model. And this is something that um, we would want to get into in the future. It just started raining. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what, what does that entail though? So you want to move to another city. Are you going to physically have to go out there um, and set up shop or is it all going to be just online and we work with new realtors in that area? It will be mostly online, but we, we will have to have like a local presence, which mm -hmm. means that we will have to have at least a truck and a crew ready to go. Sure. If we are going to service the other major cities within our province. Yeah. So, so relationships are super important. How do you develop those uh, in, in your business? How do you go out and meet people that would be a, an asset to your business? So that's an excellent question, actually. So one of the first things I tried to do is because I was new in the business, right? I never, uh, as I said, like never had a moving business, was yeah. never into it. So one of the first things I, I tried to do is I tried to get in touch with more seasoned movers who had a presence on, let's say, Instagram. Someone who was online, it was much easier for me to connect with them, right? So there were a couple of guys that I did connect with. And what I initially said was that, listen, um, end of the month and very early of the following month, those are the five days that everyone's like super busy. That is the busiest time for movers, right? Mm -hmm. So what I found in my first year was that we were getting jobs, but we were not able to actually service those clients because our, our trucks were booked. Yeah. So at, at that time, everyone would ask me like, do you, can you recommend someone or something like that? Right. <laughs> and I didn't really have a network to recommend anyone to. Yeah. So I called these guys up and I said that, listen, if this is a problem that I'm facing, obviously you're facing this problem times two or times three. And they said, yeah, exactly. And they said, you know, we don't know where the overflow is going to go. And I said that, you know what? we're not always as busy as you guys, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that you can send some of that overflow work to us and we'll get back to you with work that we can't handle. For yeah. example, we didn't have a 26 feet truck in our first year. So we couldn't do the large houses, the four bedroom homes or things like that. So you guys have those trucks. So I can send that work off to you guys. And that's yeah. the kind of relationship that I built initially uh, in order to gain some traction, right? I mean, you can always advertise, you can do all those kind of things, but building these relationships are key because I remember what happened was that one time uh, this company that we have a relationship with, they have like three, four different trucks, right? So on one of the jobs, it's like they didn't have a driver, uh, that morning or the mover didn't show up. So, you know, they have a job, but they can't really go out yeah. and do anything. Right. So they call me up and said, Hey man, this is like SOS last minute. Can <laughs> you guys help us out? And I said, yeah, like, because that morning we didn't have any work and the guys were ready to go. So I said, yeah, fine, let's go. Um, so, you know, you need to build those relationships within your industry in order to actually uh, leverage each other's capabilities. That's yeah. what I have found so far. And 
for us, because we're in the storage business, you need to have relationships uh, with, for example, people who own warehouses. You don't necessarily need to have relationships with storage guys. I mean, it's good if if you can rent out uh, large storage facilities at a discount and mm-hmm. then sort of resell the space, you can do that too. But the thing is that that's more of a relationship on a corporate level. So you go to XYZ storage and say, hey, can I rent out 10, uh, you know, three 10 by 15s at 50% off, but I'll take it for the whole year. Something like that, right? Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people are afraid of, of, of making relationships with people in their own industry. You know, they're afraid, especially mm-hmm. when they're new, they're afraid that they're going to lose mm-hmm. money, right? They're afraid that, mm-hmm. well, if I, if I work with this other person, they're going to take my customers, but that's mm-hmm. really not how it works. If you go, if, 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 if you work together over time, you really only benefit each other. You know, you loaned out a, a driver for one of your, one of a different company's trucks, correct? So down the road, they're probably gonna do the same for you. You know, it's, you're constantly just benefiting each other. Um, so what, what would you say are businesses then doing incorrectly in your industry right now? I think um, one of the things that people are doing incorrectly, and um, again, it's, it's a lot of uh, industry related um, stuff which is going on, right? So it's not necessarily everything within their own control. And I understand that. But what it is, is that I think the first thing people get wrong in this industry is that they hire people who are not skilled. Um, And when I say that, it's like what happens with companies who have like a single truck and they may have the odd job uh, in a week, they can't afford to have permanent people. And I understand that. So essentially what it is, is that at that point, if you have a job that morning, you will send whoever is available or whoever shows up. This is why what happens is that some of these companies, they overbook their people. What what I mean by that is that if they need two movers, they're going to ask four people to come in that morning because they know 50% are going to be no-shows. That's just the way it is. If you try to hire someone off, Say, for example, in the States, you have Craigslist, right? Mm -hmm. So we have something similar here. So if you try to hire someone off Facebook Marketplace or, um, you know, Kijiji, you will find 50% are no-shows. I I can guarantee you that. So if that's the case, so it's like whoever shows up, you send them off to the job. And they have no training. They they may, you know, obviously when you call, you talk to them on the phone, everyone's going to say, yeah, sure. I've done so many moving jobs and things yeah. like that. So see these companies, they have no other option, but to send whoever's available at that point. I gotcha. So what they do is that they're taking jobs at a very low rate in order to bring in customers, obviously. Right. So they're sending in people who are not qualified or skilled to do the job. So they're going to mess up. They're going to either break something or they're going to, you know, in terms of attitude, they're not going to be as friendly. There's so many different things which can happen, right? So if that's the case, you're not serving your customer properly, number one. You're not actually doing any favors to your business either because your brand's not growing. And at the same time, your margin is very low. 
Because yeah. if you're taking in jobs at a fraction of what, say, regular movers would be charging, your margins are super low. So you're not actually being profitable either. Yikes. Okay, so I, this is super interesting. I didn't even know this. So do you, are all the movers like a, like a day laborer type position? Is, is that how we, we bring in uh, the, the guys that are physically doing the moving? So uh, that's a good question. The big moving companies um, that we have, uh, at least in our market, and I'm sure the experience is exactly the same across the US, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is, is that they have their permanent people the reason why is that they have already established their brand over the last 10 years, 15 years, whatever it may be. So the thing is that they have enough jobs to keep them busy. And even if they're just sitting around not doing anything uh, for a day, let's say, Mm -hmm. they're still going to get paid because they're most likely permanent employees. But at the same time, the thing is that the company is not going to lose money because they know they have enough work to make up for it, right? Yeah. The real problem is with mid-size and smaller size businesses. So essentially with when you are very small and you're starting out with a single truck, it is very difficult to have permanent people. You can't have permanent people on your payroll. You have to find, as you said, day laborers, people who will come in. Uh, you know, you have the driver and the mover. Usually it's a two-man crew, right? Uh, uh, sometimes it's a three-man crew, but you will always need that experienced guy to drive the truck. At least you hope it's an experienced yeah. guy driving the truck, right? So that's um, that's number one. Mid-sized companies are in a position where um, they can have permanent people on their payroll. At the same time, they don't necessarily have the jobs all the time. So their margins are low, but at the same time, I think that they're in a position of growth because unless you have permanent people who are, you know, qualified to do the job, you are not going to get the word of mouth, which is so important in the moving industry. Yeah. Like word of mouth marketing is the best. So it's like our crew, we've had the same guys for almost, I want to say year and a half. And, um, it's like people who used us like a year ago and they're moving now or they've referred somebody or whatever. They're always surprised to see the same guys showing. <laughs> so uh, I think that is also a very important component of the industry. Okay. So when you're starting out though, like, like I, I can see how that would scare, like, let's, let's say I wanted to start my own moving company. I can see how that would scare people away from starting thinking, mm-hmm. Well, I have to hire, you know, new employees every single time we do a move. And if I don't get them, I got to do it myself. Did you ever come across that where you had to go out there and do all the physical moving yourself? Yeah. So I did um, initially when we started, I have done 12 moves. Okay. Uh, Not any in the last year and a half, but uh, when we started and, you know, uh, although my partner is in construction and uh, he's kind of, you know, moving is something that um, uh, I wouldn't say comes naturally to him, but it's something he can do. But obviously, I'm not, I'm not a mover. But <laughs> um, so one of the things which happened to us, and again, as I say, that this happens to everyone, is that you get a lot of no-shows on the day of the move. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just don't show up. And that's 
that's just the way it is, right? So once that happens, is that if you are down one person or whatever, you got to go in. And, and, and that's how you keep your commitment to your customer. Because at the end of the day, the move needs to be completed, right? So that's, um, that's obviously one of the issues. But what we did initially was that, say, say a driver uh, gets paid anywhere between $20 to $24 an hour uh, in our market, right? So what we tried to do initially uh, to bring in that person who is skilled and qualified to do the move for us on one particular day, because we didn't have jobs, let's say, uh, five days out of the week, right? So for those couple of days, what we did was that we paid a premium on top of what the market would have paid him. Okay. So instead of paying, let's say 24 bucks, we pay 26 or 27, whatever it may be. And regular movers make anywhere between 17 to 20 bucks an hour in our market. So if you are willing to pay 22, plus they get some tips, which they get to keep from the customer, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is that if it works out to be about 25 bucks an hour, it's worth their while. So they will come in and say, okay, you know what? We'll do the job. So you got to be aware of those kind of things. And that's one way of mitigating the issues which uh, smaller and mid-sized moving companies have. Yeah, that's super interesting. So you you pretty quickly figured out a way to start working on the business instead of in the business. Because when you're the physical mover, you're in the business. You're doing the job day to day. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's Mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs... I would imagine in, in an industry like this too, um, are stuck in the business a lot because they think, hey, no one can do the job better than me. You know, I, I'm the best at doing this job, so I'm just going to keep doing it. But you figured out strategies to keep, to get yourself out of the business and just working on it versus every single day waking up, putting on a pair of gloves and going out and carrying boxes uh, and, and, and doing the actual job itself. Um, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, did you did you would you grow up in a, like an entrepreneurial family, or uh, or was everybody in your family an entrepreneur building their own businesses? Uh, my dad was. Okay. So uh, my dad uh, started his business in the seventies, and um, he was one of the first people to start a private uh, training facility for. Okay. Uh, Uh, corporate executives and mid-level guys and things like that. So basically he would bring in, um, you know, more qualified subject matter experts and basically they would run training programs. So it was very difficult for him to start the business and establish that kind of a business in the seventies. And, um, you know, where people were not as familiar with corporate training as they are today. So um, I've seen all the struggle and, um, you know, my dad told me uh, never to become an entrepreneur. He said <laughs> that it's, um, it's. We never <laughs> listen to our parents though, do we? Yeah. Right. So he said that, you know what, just become an accountant or an engineer or something where you have a profession and you have a job so that you don't got to struggle like me, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing about, about entrepreneurship in general is I, I think that one of the big problems people have is they're not, they don't show up prepared every day, right? You know, they don't plan their week early enough to where when they show up on Monday, 
they're ready to go. You know, they know exactly what to do, what the steps are going to be for Monday. Um, how do you prepare uh, to run a business like this? What does your daily preparation look like? Hmm. So there is no Monday for us. It's seven days a week. Okay. And that's, that's just the way it is. Like there is no off switch, uh, especially in this business. People can move any day, any, any time of the year, any day they need, uh, you know, moving services. So the thing is that we need to be prepared as well. So my preparation uh, is exactly the same for every day. And my preparation, because we have a clear division of labor between uh, my business partner and myself. So I look at client relations, uh, sales, marketing, accounting, all those kind of stuff. And he looks after operations, the trucks, the guys, those kind of things, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, because we have a clear division of labor, it's much easier for me to plan in terms of, you know, when we should be doing certain types of marketing, for sure. example, like, you know, ads and such. And um, the other thing is that what I try to do is um, I set the schedule for every week. So um, as soon as I have all the information, I set the schedule so that uh, our team is fully aware what the week's schedule is going to look like, right? So that they are also ready. And uh, of course, I have ensured that there is enough staffing so that we can cover everything. So uh, one thing we are never prepared for our last minute jobs. <laughs> and this, uh, this happens especially during the end of the month because just like you know, uh, movers don't show up for their jobs, moving companies are sometimes no shows for their customers as well. Wow. So on the morning off, they don't show up. And, and this happens uh, frequently. The reason being is that see, you see uh, a really nice offer, right? Uh, everyone's quoting you 800 bucks. These guys are saying 300. So you, there's a natural inclination to go for the guy who's offering you the least. Yeah. But what happens is that, see, uh, that person is probably not taking in a deposit, like a small deposit, which is, you know, adjusted with the final amount. Mm -hmm. So the thing is that, He's just send you a text message or even an email to say, yeah, confirmed, I'll be there at 10 o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. But the night before someone calls him and says, hey, I got this last minute job. I really need a mover. Can you do it? So he does the calculation to say, okay, this job is going to pay me a thousand bucks. And if I go to the other one, it's 300. <laughs> so which one is he going to yeah. take, right? So this is one of the things I always say to uh, customers as well, is that if you're going for the, um, like at the very lowest end in terms of service, professionalism, and the price, don't be surprised if you don't get exactly what you're looking for, because chances are that you won't, right? Yeah, so absolutely. most, yeah, and that's why most professional companies will take a deposit. And that deposit guarantees that those guys are going to show up on that day off, right? Yeah. So these are some of the things, yeah. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you, are you posted? Are you online? Do people know? Kind of, I, I mean, I know, I know you have a website, but are you advertising online, um, you know, building your reputation that way? But how do you differentiate yourself between you guys and the $300 guy that, you know, maybe won't show up? 
that's a good question. Yes, of course, we have advertisements, but the way we try to differentiate ourselves, as I, uh, I think I touched on this very briefly initially, is that we try to be more transparent and more professional than our competition. And how do we do that, right? So uh, let's talk about professionalism first. So most of these companies, if you call in to get a quote or to discuss any kind of a move, you will find that the call is being answered by the person who's on the truck or who's in the middle of completing another move at the moment. So with that noise and, you know, moving is stressful, right? Even for mm -hmm. the movers, right? So the thing is that in that, how, what is the level of professionalism you're going to get? So that's, that's the first place where we try to differentiate ourselves to say that, you know what, the calls come into me. Uh, I'm not out in the field. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, uh, in our truck, I'm not doing any of those things. So I can give full attention to whoever's calling in. Yeah. I can walk them through. A lot of people have anxiety when it comes to not only moving, but to book a moving, uh, like the whole process of sure. uh, booking a mover. They don't know the right things to ask. They, at times, they don't know exactly what they should expect from the movers, all those kind of things. Right. So I try to walk them through and ease any kind of uh, concerns that they may have. That's one. The second thing about transparency, what I say is that uh, when you book our service, we will send you a full details of everything, including addresses, our rate, and more importantly, our contract. So unlike other movers, we don't show up the morning of the move and shove a 10 page contract <laughs> in your face. Read it and say, hey, <laughs> sign it right now. Yeah. If you don't, we can't start. At that point, all you want to do is have the guys load the stuff into the truck. Mm -hmm. But you don't actually know what you're signing off on because you don't have the time to read through all these pages, right? Yeah. So at that time, you might be signing off many different things, which will increase the rate significantly while the move is going on or after the move, right? So... This is why we send our contract way before. So if you are booking a move in September, you are going to get our contract today. So nice. you take your time, you read through it. If you have any questions, concerns, let us know. And at that time, if you think that, you know what, I'm comfortable with this, I want to move forward, then only you send us a deposit and we book it into our system. Okay. Yeah, guys, that's why you want to get out of the business as soon as you can too. When, you're, when, you, when you run your own business, you want to get out of the business and work on the business as fast as possible. So when the customer calls, you're not you know, out of breath, sweating at the previous move, uh, mm -hmm. you know, trying to talk to them about their, their problem they're going to have. You, know, mm -hmm. you, you want to be like Tarek and, and be in the office, quiet, peaceful, and sounding professional versus sounding out of breath you know, when you're Agreed. talking to your, your next uh, customer. Um, guys, if you're in Toronto, I would, I obviously, I would highly recommend using double spaces. I would use it. Sounds like the easiest, most simple way of of, of moving around and and uh, you know getting your stuff taken care of and and doing it in a professional way. Um, Tarek, how can people get hold of you? Uh, doublespace.ca. Doublespace.ca. Uh, yep, and that's uh, the easiest way to get in touch with us. Um, you can Google my name, Tarek Hossein, as well, and uh, you will find that I'm on many different platforms. You can reach out to me directly as well. 
Okay. So social media, you guys are all over there too? Yeah. Instagram, uh, Facebook, we are moving YYZ uh, on um, Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Tarek, anything else you want to say before we uh, move on to the final question? (laughs) I think one of the things, uh, PJ, as you rightfully said, is that people are apprehensive when they're trying to do something new, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I say is that you don't have to buy a truck to start a moving business. You can just rent a truck initially to see how it goes. Hmm. You don't have to do 20 moves in a month to get started. You can just do one move on one particular weekend to see if this is the right business for you. You can rent all the equipment, your dollies, everything, right? You can rent your truck and, and you can also hire movers, right? So see if the business is right for you or not. You can just, you know, advertise on any of these um, marketplaces and see if there is any traction. And if there is some traction, do a move. You know, your, your margin will be super low if you're renting everything initially, but mm-hmm. at least do a couple of moves to see if this is the right business for you or not. So you don't have to have like a huge investment going in. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend as a new person physically doing the moving or being at least on site as well? Uh, on your they first should definitely days? be on site. Okay. They should definitely be on site because one of the things for us is that we learn everything from the great university of YouTube. Like we, we didn't know <laughs> how to move boxes or, you know, what kind of equipment we're going to need. So uh, I still credit uh, these guys. They're best, uh, based out of Texas. They're a very large moving company. So they have a lot of videos online. They have hundreds and hundreds of videos. And my partner uh, and myself, we watched it for like hours and hours to see how they do it. How do they wrap a couch? How do they wrap this particular piece of furniture? And all these kind of things. So everything we learned, we learned online. And once we were on the site, we found that yes, 50% of that uh, information was valuable and the other 50% you just got to improvise. Wow. Okay. Great. So you learned a lot from YouTube. That's awesome. That's kind of where I started too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, Derek, here's the big question. You ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I prepped you for this. So I hope you're prepared. (laughs) This is the big one. Uh We're land life, right? I buy and sell Mm -hmm. vacant land Mm -hmm. all over the US. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll start working in Canada. Who knows? Mm -hmm. If you could buy land anywhere in Mm -hmm. the world, where would Mm -hmm. it be and why? I would say it would be in Toronto because the prices have uh, gone up significantly. I mean, it is unbelievable how the prices have gone up. And vacant land in Toronto, especially, obviously it's a gold mine, but the thing is that it is not really available. I mean, unless you're ready to sort of gut an entire house and build something on it, but land is just not available anymore, right? Because everybody has built something on theirs and you just gotta, you know, there's really nothing there. So honestly, if... um, I'm talking about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, 20 years ago, if I had the money and if I had the foresight, obviously I would uh, buy some land in Toronto. 
Perfect. Toronto. You're the third person to say Toronto. I've only oh, done wow. okay. 30. I think this is the 32nd podcast I've done. And you're the Almost first person 10%. to say Toronto. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So yeah, there's something going on here, man. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a lot of money to be made in Toronto if you can get the land up there. So True, true. All right, Tarek. Anything else? No, I'm good. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. I uh, really appreciate that and hope I've been able to add some value to your audience. Absolutely. Guys, make sure you like and subscribe so I can keep getting good guests like Tarek. Um, and make sure you guys uh, you know, check out Double Space. Uh, hit up Tarek on social media and share this podcast with all your friends. Guys, until next time, I'll see you on Land Life. Thank you.